0: Simpson,
1: and this is Pace the Nation. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pace the Nation broadcasting from studio 1a here in downtown clarendon we are back for episode 42 a big show today to my right here is joanna e russo joanna what's up
0: hey chris i made it
1: you're a little muted today well you did make it so yeah let's, let's uh be positive upbeat about that maybe 50 45 to 50 minutes later than we had liked or hoped yeah but uh you know what that's dc traffic baby
0: at five o'clock it's just never a good idea yeah
1: well we uh may want to look at uh not scheduling our recordings at five o'clock p.m
0: yeah that was my idea
1: <laughs> yeah i know it kind of was but we do have a very special guest coming but uh before we get to the guest we also want to introduce our other co hosts it's William E. Docs.
2: Docs, what's up Joanna pulled a Farley today. <laughs> she did. 45 minutes late. <laughs> is, is that a Farley? That's the pulling a Farley that we're allowed to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: I mean, I also had like a really terrible Uber driver. I probably could have been here at 515 had I had a better Uber driver.
2: Do tell, do tell. Please. I mean, this- 30 minute this guy, like, stopped to go to
0: the bathroom. No, Yeah. Like, he just, he was not a very good driver. Like, some people, and I'm not going to tell At them, a gas
2: station, or did he just, like, on the side of the road?
0: No, he went to a restaurant.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And he he just, he wasn't, like, in traffic, especially when you're trying to get somewhere, like, you have to, you have to. Take some initiative and change lanes, and he sure. would, he wouldn't do that, so we would be stuck in the lane that's like not moving, but also not going in the direction we want to go because he wasn't moving over.
1: Yeah, he wasn't driving with a purpose. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, mm.
0: it was driving me crazy.
1: Well, that is that's too bad. Did you did you do one of those like ride shares or something like that? Is Uber that-
0: Pool. I did actually, and the other person that got into the Uber with me, he put on his headphones. Okay, I feel like that's bad etiquette.
1: Yeah, now, Docs, I don't know if you've ever done the, the ride share with Uber.
2: Uh, the Uber pool? Yeah. I was thinking about it.
1: Yeah, I haven't done it. I usually do the Uber X. I think that's the uh, yeah. the smaller car. And I've done the Uber XL, but I haven't done the ride share.
0: I've done it a couple of times, but this is the first time that somebody has put in headphones. And I could hear his music, too. Mm-hmm. It, and
1: what, was it good? No. What was it? I don't know, but it wasn't good. Well, what, did it take longer because you had to go
2: ride with that guy?
0: It took longer because I didn't like the Uber driver and I didn't like the other person in the
2: Uber. Okay. Well, well I don't know if that is actually makes it longer. <laughs> yeah. I don't right? know. I don't know if that that makes it longer. Either.
0: No, he was on the way and he got dropped off after me. So his, his being in the car did not, did not change mm-hmm. the route okay. at all.
1: I was going to say, if we maybe need a bigger budget for the show so you can do uh Uber, uh solo Or just, or just a car. Or a car. For yeah. Cause <laughs> I'm a that's good, a big budget. That, yeah, I'm a good a driver budget, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bigger budget.
0: I could have been here at five o'clock.
1: Oh. If if you uh if I if was you driving, drove yourself? Yeah. All right.
0: I learned to drive in New Jersey.
1: Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we will look into that. Uh first we gotta get Docs paid for some of the uh <laughs> for some of the things that he's already out uh outlaid costs, a number hey, of jo- costs. Joanna,
2: this is how it works. Go ahead and buy that car yourself and you'll get paid <laughs> back eventually. Yeah. Go go ahead.
1: Yeah, do that. A big show to get to, guys. Today, we are excited to be joined by Kieran O'Connor. He's uh, the 24th place finisher at the Olympic Trials Marathon that happened last Saturday in L.A. Joanna was there to witness it.
0: I saw
2: him run. And That's a, just By the way, spoiler alert for the Shriners, uh, who are not aware that the uh, race has gone off yet. Oh, okay. Now, Chris and Rachel Shriner.
1: Oh, yeah. We got a buddy who who was really excited that he, that the marathon trials were being broadcasted. I think it was Monday night? Monday he, night. Live, live s- Monday night, yeah. Yeah. What rock were you under, uh, Schreiner? Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe he just isn't uh, listening to Pace the Nation like he should be.
2: Oh, in that case, the guy's a jerk. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, so we'll be talking to Carrot Also, hopefully,
1: hopefully scheduled to join us is his wife.
0: Yeah, and maybe the baby. And
1: maybe the baby. He's got an interesting story that we'll wait for him to tell Uh, you'll understand why he's got his whole family in tow. Uh, Also today, we've got the In the News. Uh, We've got a healthy In the News segment about uh, the marathon trials. I was also up in Boston. I'll uh, spread some news about that and uh, my trip there to see the New Balance indoor track meet uh, that uh, occurred on Sunday. Uh, We've got the Tweets of the Week. Also, we're going to have the Clarendon Construction update. A lot of happenings there so i'll update you guys on that uh we've got a happy hour coming up and uh maybe we can just give the details of the happy hour now joanna
0: so the happy hour will be february 25th at um Bellina. so it's on 14th street uh it's not too far from where the last happy hour was
1: okay that's close to to the store then
0: yeah, it's it's um it's a little closer to like downtown, but okay. it's yeah it's pretty close to the Fourteenth Street well, store. Well,
1: you know, go go by the store, uh, buy some shoes, and then maybe go to the happy hour afterwards. And
0: they have really good pizza there.
1: All right, fantastic. Bring, oh, bring I'm it getting pizza. Tight. You
0: cut it with scissors.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like shears? Yeah, kitchen Pe- shears. No,
0: it's pizza shears.
1: Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, before we uh, get into the big show, though, I wanted to. Uh, Thank uh, all those who came out last night to the movie, the showing of Run Free, the story of Caballo Blanco. I think I was calling him all sorts of things when we had that podcast weeks ago. Including what you just said, Blanco. (laughs) So, (laughs) the name Caballo Blanco. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, there we go. Not Blanco. Blanco. Mm -hmm. Caballo Blanco. Uh, Gary Harrington, uh, the movie promoter who we interviewed a few weeks back along with Sterling Noreen. He was the filmmaker that, uh, we also interviewed. Well, they had their, uh, show last night and there was a number of pace the nation listeners in a sold out Arlington cinema draft house. So that was pretty cool.
0: There were people who were waiting outside I hoping know. to get tickets.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was a big hit. The three of us were there. Uh, we were signing autographs. Um, actually, we weren't, but no, um, we weren't. I know.
2: I just, did.
0: I had stickers with me. I ah, actually had them in my bag.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's say like this: um, we are very antisocial, right? But happy if you come up to us and say hello and introduce yourself, uh, right. and Joanna will give you a sticker. So mm-hmm. I apologize to everybody uh, who listens to the show uh, that just watched me go walk over and sit. In a chair, against the wall, in a corner.
1: You were social with uh, the good folks from Saucony, though. Mm-hmm. Michael and Mark were both there. Michael so. and Mark, thank you. Yeah. Had a good time. They picked up. Good, the good tab. to meet them. Yeah. So they. It's too bad uh, li- other listeners didn't come over and just uh,
2: order on the. Come on to the
1: to the to the Saucony tab. Uh, which Which Michael and Mark are I think Mark was really, really gracious enough to pick up, so mm-hmm.
2: and I have to say, uh, for all those um, Pacers employees who asked who I was, yeah, and then when I introduced myself, they're like, well, what's your affiliation? <laughs> uh, I shake my fist at you right? <laughs> right, well, we do have a number of folks listening how uh, many How many William doxes are out there yeah that's that's true. Uh there there are a number
1: of Pacers running employees who listen to the show. I know I like they're my that. favorite
2: Pacers employees. Yeah, I
1: know. I they're know.
0: the ones that will keep their jobs. <laughs> yes.
1: Exactly. So great uh great time last night. Uh again if you missed it, uh, you got another shot to see us on uh uh
2: February twenty fifth when we have the uh the happy hour. Is that is there a um fourteenth street fun run that night too? There is.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: I think that worked out well too. If you want to go do the Fourteenth uh, Street good Fun call. Run before the uh, happy hour, go run off some calories so that you can um, get one of those pizzas. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the yeah one of the pizzas and a couple drinks, and uh,
1: well, there'll be uh, good company there. Next in studio, we're going to have Karen O'Connor, who finished twenty fourth at last weekend's Olympic Men's Marathon Trials here on Pace the Nation. And welcome back to the program and now excited guys that we not only have Kieran O'Connor, the whole O'Connor <laughs> family in the house. We got Karen, we got Zyra his wife, and then we got Newborn. This is a first. This is big, big for us.
0: Well, we wanted that baby Kiva. demo we wanted the baby demographic, exactly. so.
1: well, uh O'Connor's welcome to the welcome to the program.
3: Yeah, we couldn't imagine a better way to uh celebrate her one week birthday yeah, so, being here <laughs> with you guys.
1: So all right, I'm gonna start with your wife here. Uh Zyra, uh, have you been on the house yet? Is this the first four way foray outside of the the uh, O'Connor household?
4: It's the second actually. Wow, okay. The first time was on Monday we took her to a newborn visit at the clinic. Oh, that doesn't count. No, this two count. <laughs> well, <and> yes. <laughs> this
1: is it. All right, so we're here to have, uh, We're honored. We're honored. We are honored. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. This is huge. And um your, your baby's very good. I was hoping, I said beforehand, I was hoping that she'd maybe cry or something so we'd get that authentic mm-hmm. baby sound Well, she'll in the chime background. in when it's necessary. Okay, when it's necessary.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, does she cry much?
3: Um, Actually, she's really good. She only, I mean, she's like a very good baby. She's good at communicating with what she has right now, which is like crying. So if she needs her diaper changed or she's hungry, she cries. And other than that, she's just pretty good.
1: Pretty quiet. Wow.
3: Man. Well, you...
1: uh we're preparing for the Olympic trials, Kieran And uh, ready to go this past week And your wife was due, what, the 24th? Yep, the 24th So here we sit on the 18th And you are out of the hospital you got a healthy newborn here A couple weeks early um, That must have been a surprise
3: Yeah, well, you know, statistically The firstborn comes on time or late mm-hmm. So I actually kind of was thinking that we were going to be in the clear, um, uh, and now I have a child. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so,
3: so you were uh,
1: statistics fail us again. <laughs> yeah. So, you you take us back to to, to Wednesday night. Um, you were uh, probably making some last minute arrangements. This is
0: Wednesday, February tenth.
1: February tenth, last minute arrangements to go go to the trials. Uh and does your wife say, hey, this is happening,
3: maybe? So it started on Tuesday night, okay. actually, but we didn't know it at the time. Okay. Um Zyra came home from work, and she thought maybe her water broke, but we kind of monitored the situation, and it didn't seem like anything was really happening, so we just went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um And then she <laughs> woke up at about one thirty in the morning due to severe pain in the abdomen and back Ooh. region. Uh which were definitely contractions. <laughs> so we went to the hospital and um and they confirmed that she was indeed getting ready to, you know, birth a human. <laughs> uh, so 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 Zyra, were were you um concerned
1: about his upcoming Olympic trials or were you just totally like, you know what?
2: In your own in your own world. It, yeah, in my own world, like
1: <laughs> This is the Olympic trials may be big, but there's nothing bigger than this.
4: I think the two of them were pretty big in my
1: okay in my head. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. I would say that the has, the the baby here. We have a human sitting in our studio here. I think mm-hmm. that's maybe a little bigger. We Although, have one human
2: sitting in our studio.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, but um, I think I mean I thought of them separately mostly but then my biggest concern was h- me going into labor while he was gone right and him missing the birth of his first child so um, right but clearly kiva had her own agenda so
2: <laughs> she did de- <laughs> de- de- sounds <laughs> like kiva might have been concerned about this as well like
1: how did you feel karen like did that work out better than mm-hmm her still being at home, pregnant, watching, and you're not maybe not going to be able to get back from L.A.
3: back to D.C.? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some concern that, you know, worst-case scenario was Kiva being born while I was in L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was already planning to, you know, hurry back Sunday morning first thing. Um, So having her already out and in the world and healthy and Zyra and Kiva being taken care of um, by all of our friends was... Uh, definitely kind of, you know, a load off my mind that it wasn't, I wasn't going to miss anything.
2: Do you think that helped your, your race mentally to jump, to jump ahead? Yeah,
3: I think so. You know, I was just, I was very relaxed going in. Um, and I think that was definitely part of it.
2: Well,
0: they say your first race as a father is always the best one.
3: Is Is that, that, is that what they
2: say? (laughs) Yeah. Statistically. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, those statisticians.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, take us through, like, so the the baby was born healthy. Uh, Take us through, like, Thursday, Friday. When did you fly out to
3: go to L.A.? So, I flew out on Thursday morning. So, Wednesday at 2.17, Kiva came into the world. A.M.? P.M. P.M., okay. Uh, After that, I did not yet have my jersey Right. I had not picked that up. Right. Uh, I had not packed before I we went to the hospital. <laughs> right. So in the span of about an hour during rush hour, I drove from Georgetown to Clarendon, picked up my jersey, drove home, packed, picked up food, and came back to Georgetown. So I was moving about as quickly and as efficiently as I could possibly move during that time period. Um, then by the time everything kind of got finished up at the hospital on wednesday night it was probably about 11 11 30 um joanne and i were actually on the same super shuttle to the mm-hmm. uh, wow. i was the first pickup she was the second wow and uh so that i got picked up at about 4 20 4 in the morning so i got wow. like maybe four or five hours of of sleep um on like a pretty uncomfortable. Pull out chair bed. Well,
1: no new dads are going to really cry your river for that because <laughs> getting zero sleep is probably yeah. pretty, pretty much the norm. But someone who's going to run the Olympic trials two days later, <laughs> that is probably not good.
3: So I slept on the shuttle. I slept at the gate. I slept on the plane. Um, I checked in at the hotel. I took a four hour nap. I ate dinner and I slept for nine hours. Wow. Uh-huh.
1: Way more sleep than you would have gotten at home now. Yeah,
3: how, how,
2: actually, that's true. I think there's a lot of new dads that are like going to try to qualify yeah. for <laughs> the
1: trials now, get now, some sleep. Now, now, Zara, how much <laughs> sleep did you get while he is like sleeping nine hours at a time?
4: Well, the first night was actually not bad. She still needed to, she took a while to kind of figure out that she was born. Mm-hmm. So she was like asleep pretty much the entire time. And I would have to wake her up every few hours to feed her, but otherwise she just s- slept through it all. So I slept through it all. Oh, that's good. Yeah. This is a good baby. Yeah. So, <laughs>
1: now, was there any uh, was there any question at any moment where you like, eh, maybe this Olympic trials isn't happening for my husband?
4: Not at all. He, when we were at the hospital um, and I was in labor, I told him that he needed to find another ride. <laughs> to the airport because you
1: were his ride to the airport i was his ride to the good airport thing for to, super super shuttle
4: yeah, to bwi uh-huh. and so i was like you need to find a different transportation wow the- and he was like wait let's talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> but i but i was insistent that he was going to go on the plane to the olympic trials i was like this is not even a question you have to go
1: wow that's awesome. Great, great support. Because it, it does take a, a village to uh, raise, a, raise a kid. I think that's the cliche.
2: Yeah, I don't know how it's applicable, but but that's no. true. <laughs> but it takes a village
1: to get somebody to the Olympic trials, too. So it takes uh, the whole family. That's that's where I was going with that. Mm. All right, so you get to, to L.A. and you sleep a ton. So you're there on um, uh, Friday, um, and your your nerves are are, are, are fairly calm, but... Uh, you know, it, 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 it's probably fairly difficult or or was it difficult for you to, uh, be away from your, your wife
3: and kid. Yeah, it was super difficult. And, but, um, she just like, she would send me like a minute long video of, Mm -hmm. of Kiva. And of course, Kiva's just, you know, laying there looking adorable, doing nothing, (laughs) but it was still like, I would just like watch it like five times in a row and she would keep sending me pictures. So I would get my, uh, my daily dose of Kiva. So you, you, uh,
1: you know, pretty much prepare for the race pretty normally at that point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was normal until about Saturday morning when the race goes off at 10, which is completely different than every other marathon.
1: Yeah. So let's get, let's get into the race. So obviously it's, it's at 10 a.m. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the TV was a big part of it. It sounds like, right. So uh, they had to be, or they wanted to start at 10 a.m. so they could do the NBC coverage. Um, and at that point, it's probably what it's over sixty degrees. I would imagine. Right? Over
0: it was like eighty, right? It wasn't it eighty five?
3: Not at the start.
0: It, I think it was not according no. to the TV. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't.
3: I think I think they measure those heats like in the shade. I think that's general. Yeah, like general practice for like whatever the heat is, the temperature is like. And there was
0: no shade. shade on that course. It so. was.
3: I mean, it was, college, it was. It was, was. pretty hot.
1: It, it was yeah, definitely hot. Um, now he's got an... He's sh- shaved. Uh, he's clean shaven now. And uh, yeah, so, I mean,
0: a different kind of man might have shaved that beard before the race. So, why? Why did you decide yeah. to keep it?
3: Well, I was actually hiding solar panels in there, and <laughs> uh, I've shaved i shaved it mean, now so there's no evidence of that. It, literally, I'm looking at his
1: picture on Run Washington right now. I mean, he looks like you, you look ten years younger. And like a different, different person. And I
3: only look 12 in that picture. (laughs) I know.
1: know. So two now. A couple years older than your daughter. Uh, So you started at at 10 o'clock. What what is your goal, uh, you know, going into the race?
3: Well, I thought, um, you know, I had trained to kind of put myself in 214 shape. I thought that that was the kind of shape I could be in in this race. And based on my workouts, I really thought I was there. But... it became clear the week of the race that time was not going to be, uh, possible. There, there's no way that I was going to run as fast as I was like physically capable of, of running. So, uh, I just kind of threw it out and I said, you know, I can run fast in another race. I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm just going to run and try to compete. You know, this is the U S Olympic trials. It's a championship race. So just get out there and try and take some scalps.
1: Did you, uh, you know, Use some of your Boston Marathon experience, where you ran in the heat there in 2012. W- w- was that real helpful?
3: Yeah, I think I'm just generally a good heat runner, and I'm not sure why because I grew up in upstate New York. But uh, for whatever reason, I it doesn't. You know, I guess I just slow down a little bit less.
1: So, what were you ranked coming in to the race?
3: Uh, my bib was
1: 145. Okay, so they put your 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 ranking of. Of 145, and and remind our audience. I know we had Dixon on a couple weeks ago, who told us how you qualified for the trials. Remind our audience how you qualified for the trials.
3: Uh, I qualified for the trials in the half at the uh, Philly Rock and Roll half with uh, about a 64:40.
1: Okay, and you you've run a couple marathons before, right? Yep, and including Boston, New York. So you've been in big marathons, mm-hmm. uh, but as I understand it, you really didn't grow up as a runner or didn't run in did you run in high school did you run in college so
3: i ran cross country in high school okay um but my first love is baseball i'm a huge baseball fan Mm -hmm. and just kind of general sports fan so i would play basketball in the winter play baseball in the spring
2: what kind of high school cross country runner were you
3: Uh, a decidedly average one (laughs) really about a 17 minute 5K Seventeen guy, minute five right? k, except and it was like the course is actually short. It's probably <laughs> three miles. And where where
2: did that put you on your
3: team? Well, that's the thing. I went to a very small Catholic school, so I was always kind of the big fish in the tiny, tiny, tiny pond.
1: Okay, so, all right. And then you head off to uh, University of Notre Dame. South Bend is that? Yeah, okay. that's correct. So, all right, South. Bend. Actually, we technically have our
3: own zip code, so it is Notre Dame, Indiana. Is is it really?
1: <laughs> and that's where you meet your wife. But uh, don't run cross country, right? Nope, didn't do much of anything. Pretty lazy.
3: <laughs> pretty, pretty lazy. Not, uh, watch a lot of baseball? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, watch some baseball. Uh, I, I don't know what else I did. I didn't study much. I didn't do anything. How, how good
1: was the football <laughs> team when you were there?
3: Uh, 05, 6 was kind of the glory days for Charlie Weiss. Okay. And, you know, Brady Quinn had yeah. some good teams. Okay. Um, and then it went downhill Swiftly, <laughs> so you uh,
1: so you watch some football. You meet your wife. Do any running in college, any at all, for fun, n- anything?
3: It's senior year, um, a couple of guys in my dorm. So I wasn't living in my dorm anymore, but we have these kind of strong relationships with your dorms. And the, a couple of guys in my dorm, we have an interhall. Interhall competition throughout the year in different sports. Mm -hmm. We had an Interhall cross-country series, three races. Okay, And a couple guys in my dorm convinced me to come out for that. So we did that. And then there's a uh, half marathon in the spring that everyone was training for, this group of of guys. And they convinced me to sign up. We got out there and kind of trained a little bit. I wasn't doing much training at all. Uh, But uh, I ended up winning, and that was what kind of sparked my – interest again in running this
2: half marathon is this like just with students like kind of an impromptu or is this like a an actual uh Uh, organized event? yeah it
3: is an organized event it's it's held every year in the spring it's called the holy half Uh and uh it's like heavily students but also people from the community okay okay did Uh, you both
2: run I'm not a runner. At all. I, I wish the I wish the uh, look on your face when I asked you that question yeah. could have been captured for the know. podcast. I wish we could tweet I that. I can't out. I can't describe how yeah. uh, ridiculous you made me feel for
3: asking yeah. that question.
2: So, so any idea what your time was when you ran that
1: that race? Yeah,
3: I ran a I ran seventy two forty five. All right. And I remember I went out in, in it was like a two loop course and i went out in 3630 and i came through half and i was like in the lead by a lot and i just laughed cuz i thought i was going to die right <laughs> but then i didn't wow i mean <laughs> so
1: that's a i mean that's obviously a, you must have been doing some some
3: training for that i was probably running around 40 miles a week with okay. no workouts wow it's just 40 miles yeah so when did you graduate college in
1: 09 09 all right so you, again Dixon and and you can go back to our
2: previous shows how, how many of our listeners are are quitting running tomorrow right uh hearing this story of yeah. oh, i just went out and ran a 72 yeah uh, first time out 72 is 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 probably
1: about 525 pace maybe 520 to 525 pace or so um you know he ultimately ran that um in the race you know uh, spoiler alert yeah well <laughs> we'll get we'll get there we'll get there in a, in a minute here but so uh, obviously you were uh, a good runner and you realized maybe this is a good thing and you moved to dc what shortly after that graduating college
3: uh after college i went to new york okay uh, i did a year of americorps mm-hmm. uh two years of my master's at nyu and then i went to cairo egypt a year for a year to do some uh post-grad work
1: and n- not much running during that time? Uh,
3: I started running a little bit more in New York. Okay. Um, But not doing any workouts, not running with a team, but running some more miles. Uh, I ran New York City Marathon while I was there. That was my first marathon. Which year? In 2010. Nice. Yeah, 2010. He didn't beat me. Is, yes. that the, is that the
1: year? No, year? I went in
2: 2011. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think he might have beaten you,
1: though,
3: Doc. So you guys are in the but same But I'm saying same, he hasn't beaten me yet.
1: It
0: wasn't the same race. Yeah, yeah. That's true. His
3: head-to-head is still tied. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Still, still tied. I mean, we don't want to go out and do a race
2: anytime soon, but-
1: uh, Right. Well, and now I'm
2: going to avoid him. Right.
0: How did you like your first marathon?
3: Uh uh to well yeah i don't know new york was amazing mm-hmm. i really 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 loved the new york city marathon and i would love to do it again at some point point. and uh, i enjoyed the experience it you know hurt afterwards but uh it was it was fun
1: so i mean did you train a little bit when you're egypt any good stories from egypt running wise
3: yeah. So I did train while I was there, um, a little bit. I wasn't doing a ton of workouts, but I was getting some mileage in and, uh, it was, this was in 2012. So, you know, there's a little bit of tumult going on. And, uh, one of my good stories from there is that I was out on a run one day and John Kerry was in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd been in town for a couple of days and there were some big protests right by the American embassy. So, I would kind of cross the bridge over the Nile to get to the side. And the American embassy is right on the Nile north of this bridge. And so I crossed the bridge and there would be zero traffic coming down like the major road that goes along the Nile. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that protesters were blocking it and I would run to the south. And so for three or four days I crossed the bridge, no traffic. I'd go to the south. And then uh, one day I crossed the bridge and there was some traffic coming from the north. So I thought, okay, and this is my preferred running route. It was my favorite running route. So, I turned up north, and I got to the road that runs perpendicular to this road where uh, the American embassy is, and all of a sudden I saw a ton of protesters kind of spilling out of the perpendicular road and onto the road that I was on along the Nile, and they were turning up north too, so going in the direction I was going. Okay. And so I kind of came around a very slight bend in the road, right where that road is, and as I looked to my right down that road, I saw an entire squadron of riot police in full gear coming out Ooh. of that road. So you got
1: protesters, you got a squadron of riot gear, this is <laughs> so not really stuck scenario. right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: I, I, I get fully around the bend. And at this point, the riot police have started spilling out of the street and are closing off behind me. And there are about 500 anti-American protesters chucking bottles and rocks uh, in the direction of the riot police. And I am completely between these two lines. It is sealed behind me. It is sealed in front of me. So I start turning around. And at this point, the riot police have completely sealed the road. And I just know that that is the wrong direction to run. Oh, man. So I start jogging towards the front lines of the protesters and uh, it's getting pretty thick with people and people are starting to come up to me and it's getting a little bit hairy and then all of a sudden a guy had just come up to me and was like about to grab my arm and then he just started running in the direction away from me. I thought, well, that was nice, but weird. And (laughs) I start to look over my right shoulder and a tear gas canister goes flying past (laughs) my head at a very fast rate of speed. And I looked up and there were probably about 20 or 30 canisters in the air coming towards us. And now everybody was absolutely sprinting in one direction. Wow. And uh, I probably ran like a 350 mile at that point. It, It is my mile. PR right, right, I don't yeah, I, I, you know sure, it wasn't exactly. actually timed right but uh I was weaving through traffic throwing elbows um and I just kind of like burst through like the back of the protesters who are now not really paying attention to me thankfully and um just really hammered a mile and then stopped and walked for a while
1: wow I'm surprised you even entertain going on runs anymore after that <laughs> that's
3: good. yeah so I avoided thing you didn't give it up <laughs> more. at that point
1: wow
0: when you did that first marathon, did you have a thought in your head that like, oh, I'm like, I'm good at the marathon. Like, this is my race.
3: Kind of. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: he's obviously not dialed in to the marathon like a lot of other. So let me ask you this. A lot of other these runners that were in your 145th. You know, there was probably close to 200 runners who qualified. When did you even realize what the Olympic trials and the marathon was? Um,
3: probably right or right around 2012 when the last trials were going on. Okay. Was when I had some sort of idea. Did you see it. it on TV? Yeah. yeah what, I mean,
2: what was the thought? I,
3: I was just kind of, I had started following the sport and like the professional side of the sport a little more closely at that point, just kind of getting interested in it. And so, you know, I'd seen news about the upcoming trials and as, the Olympics as, a, fan as, some, as a fan or as as a goal. Yeah. No. As yeah, a so fan. as a fan. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so
1: when did it become a goal to make this 2016 trials?
3: Well, at that same time as a fan, I, you know, my times weren't particularly close, but I also had an idea. You know, as I followed the sport a little bit more, I kind of understood that I wasn't doing the sort of training that would maximize, you know, whatever I could do physically. And so I kind of thought, you know, if I can run these times doing this, maybe if I do more, I can make trials.
1: Right. Um, A lot of people think that, but most aren't able to succeed like like you did. I actually thought that at one point, but I ran way, way slower. Um, So you uh, obviously uh, turn the corner when, or not obviously, but you turn the corner when you come to D.C. and you start running for GRC and Jerry. Is that a big moment for you?
3: Yeah. I mean, that was definitely kind of the turning point for me.
1: Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that group and your training and your training leading up to the uh, race
3: well i was super intimidated when i joined the group because uh kind of the same summer that i joined in 2013 two or three all americans joined you know Mm -hmm. these are guys who are absolute studs in college um who are just like amazing amazing runners uh and it took me a while to kind of acclimate to that and and just have the confidence to even go out there and run the same kind of things that they were running but then once I once I did, and I kind of realized that, oh yeah, you know, like these guys are really, really good, but I can you know they can't completely drop me right then it gave me kind of a lot of confidence, and it helped to kind of change my change my perspective and what I could aim for
1: so Dixon said that you you, you wear long shorts which i'm a big fan of right? i still do still do <laughs> love that love the long shorts but he said something like you hadn't run a race with the shirt
3: on or a singlet on ever my goal was always to be the first shirtless uh so finisher the- in a marathon or in the race which right. i was at uh in the new york city marathon and in boston first shirtless finisher really yep. so even when it's how do oh, you know? Yeah, do they keep track of that yeah. statistic? <laughs> That's good. Oh, I could tell by the, the cat calls I was getting on the side. <laughs> all, right, all, right. all right.
1: So there is some truth because we were wondering Dixon what how Dixon knew that information. Yeah, yes. And uh, if he if it, it didn't sound real scientific, but um, <laughs> I, I guess you 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 have uh you have validated Dixon so we'll we'll uh
3: we'll we'll, we'll let him it, off the hook let him off the hook there we'll leave it at, at He got there. lucky Dixon has his methods Yeah
2: <laughs> You met in college right mm-hmm. Were you in New York and Cairo and DC or
4: No so we met senior year of college mm-hmm. um like towards the kind of in the middle of senior year um and then had to go long distance cuz I he went to New York City and okay. I was headed to Michigan for medical school. Okay, um, So I was in Michigan for med school the entire four years that he was in New York City and
2: Cairo. So during this time while Kieran is discovering himself as a runner and he, he told the story from his perspective from uh, leaving college, running that half marathon to now really making a go of it in D.C., from your perspective, how did you view this? Did you did you see it as uh recreational? Did you see this as uh did you I won't put words in your mouth. How how did you see his running?
4: Um I think at first I did kind of see it as recreational. Um you know, it was something that he like like he said earlier he's pretty much like a big sports guy. He um you know, plays um basketball with a bunch of friends like once in a while or um soccer too, I think. Um and so when he started with the running I knew he had a running background but um I thought it was just like oh you know I'd pick running back <laughs> up um again as a sport that I'm kind of like doing more regularly now like I did kind of in high school um but then once there was um like talk about the Olympic trials and things like this then in my mind I mean it, it seemed more than just recreational obviously um and then when we it i think for um it was like consuming a lot of his time like um, yeah. you know not right. just like like time outside of school cuz he was in Mich- I mean, he was in new york city for his master's degree and so outside of school then it was just like a lot of running and then during our conversations cuz all we had were phone or skype or mm-hmm. you know um, he would bring up a lot of, like, news that he, like, read about in, um...
1: Uh, running wise, running wise. Running news. Yeah, running wow.
4: news. Um, so that kind of...
1: Bored the hell out <laughs> of you. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. But then I was also like, honest. oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So then now I, I mean, like, now I know, like, the big runners, like, their names, uh-huh. and, like, the, um, uh, the big races that they were, you know, ran and things like that. So, um... Yeah,
1: he he must have really wooed her with the uh, shirtless running. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Wasn't, it definitely wasn't the skyping and talking about running stories, right? Or, or and then when I realized runners.
4: that it was more, um, like a bigger deal when he would run races like big races, marathons, that type of thing, then I would make it, um make it a point to travel to where he was running and watch mm-hmm. his races. If my school schedule allowed me.
1: Cool. So you're a physician. So at, at your place of work is, cause I don't know physicians work at hospitals or doctor's offices. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. but um, is his story uh, something that, that is interesting to your coworkers? Do they know about it?
4: Um. Yeah, I, I, Well, I'm a pediatrician, so um, there's, I mean, I guess when we deal with adolescents, there are a lot of kids who are doing some running cross country, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, But in terms of my actual coworkers, I mean, they don't know anybody who's like remotely close to the Olympics, you know? So they have always been very interested and very supportive.
1: That's awesome. Now, um, I was going to ask you this later in a rapid-fire questions, but but since it's kind of coming up now, how many people think that you actually made, either you, uh, both of you guys actually made the Olympics? How many times
3: have you heard that? Congratulations on making the Olympics. It, it wasn't so much making the Olympics, but I think people understood that it was the trials. Okay. They just thought I was a shoe in oh. It was like 100% like, yeah. this guy's making the He's Olympics. Making That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. This guy, he's super fast. I know him. He's going to make the Olympics. Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you, do any of those people stop talking to you now? <laughs>
1: Exclusively. Just
3: yeah. all of them. <laughs> wow.
2: Wow. That's, that's too bad. I mean, you're only 21. I just didn't
3: realize he was such a loser. Yeah, yeah wow. Well. You're
1: only 21
3: places off.
1: I mean,
2: they they must, I mean, you did they realize you were 145th and then got to only 21 spots away? Yeah. That yeah. means there's still a chance to go if 21 people uh, drop
3: <laughs> out. I call it, it's just a small act of God now. Before yeah. it was a large act right. of God. <laughs> right. Um,
0: well, uh, can we go back to the actual yeah. race? Yeah. So let's go
2: back to the race. Yeah, so yeah. let's go back to the go race. Go back to it. I thought we hadn't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Well, no, we, talk, we,
0: we we've been like not very um yeah. linear with this I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um so I want to I hear you talk a little bit more about the race because you were, you know, you were seated 145th and you finished 24th and you, and you must have passed like a lot of good runners along the way. I mean, I was watching this race and you looked awesome the whole time. Like uh, everybody else, like the wheels are coming off and, and Karen's just like, yep, I'm running a race. I'm doing awesome.
3: Uh, yeah. So basically my plan coming in was to not worry about time. Mm -hmm. Just get out kind of somewhere towards the middle-ish in a good rhythm. And then wait. And just wait until the end because I knew things were going to get bad for a lot of people. So I got out and I watched the clock for the first five miles and just made sure I got into a rhythm. And then I just found a good pack after that and stayed there. And pretty much the pack stayed together until about 16... And so at that point, we were, you know, we'd made our, our first kind of initial loop. We made our first two loops of the the big course, and we were kind of in the third loop. And we had started, we caught the back of the women's race at that point. And uh, the pace started slowing kind of considerably around 10, I think. So from 10 to 16, I kept feeling like I wanted to, to kind of pick it up and go, but I knew it was probably a bad idea. So I just kept waiting and the thing that was kind of encouraging was that even though i knew our pace was slowing and i was feeling more comfortable we were still catching a lot of people and no one was going by us right so i was just worried about positioning in the and how big was your group we probably had eight to ten people okay
0: was there any discussion? Or are you guys just like running silently by each other? No,
3: I joked, you know, everybody had like their entire extended family at this race. It was like, you know, everybody had like... Except for you. A, a, your family's <laughs> A 300-person cheering squad. So I did joke at one point. I was like, man, I feel like I'm going to get to know you guys intimately. I'm going to know your family trees <laughs> by the end of this thing. But it was, you know, it was pretty hot and everyone even pretty early in the race was, mm-hmm. was hurting. So there wasn't a ton of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from 10 to 16, I I was feeling really comfortable because I thought we were slowing down and my legs were handling it well, but, uh, no one was catching us. Our position in the race was great. We were still moving up. And so about 16, I didn't have a good idea until 16. I didn't really have a good sense of where I was in in the pack kind of Mm -hmm. numerically Mm -hmm. and at, because, you know, that lead pack was like. 40 people deep, or something, for a while. So it was kind of hard for like spectators to count, I think, how many people are ahead of me. But then my, you know, my family and, and, uh, coach Jerry at that point, at that point, right around 16 or so, were both, both kind of were giving me feedback and saying, all right, you're like in the 50s right now. And so at that point, once we got to kind of the 10 mile, 10 miles to go mark at 16, that was when I felt confident starting to make a move. So I kind of broke away from my pack and, the women's race had strung out so much that there was always just like the next person to pick off. So it was, you know, I didn't have to go 15 meters until there was a guy falling back or, or someone in the women's race. So it was just, you know, I didn't worry about how fast I was going. It was just pick off the next person. And so I just kept moving up. And every time I saw someone, you know, they'd tell me I was a few, few spots higher, few spots, few spots higher. And I got onto the final lap. I was I think, 34th. So I knew I had six, six, uh, six miles to go to pick up as many people as I could. I thought top 25 was realistic at that point. Wow. And I kept moving up. And with at the 25-mile mark, I was in 26th. And so I just knew, just got to get one <laughs> right. more guy dying. Yeah. Right, And uh, I saw it. After, you know, a couple hundred meters, Tim Ritchie was coming back to me. So that kind of terrified me because I thought <laughs> if Tim Ritchie lashes on, I'm dead. Uh, but I was able to kind of get by him, and then I caught one more guy. To, yeah, so to like someone like Tim
1: Ritchie is probably a top 20 seed time coming in, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, in the uh, the race I qualified in, he beat me by three minutes. Right. In a half,
1: so. Yeah, uh, so he ran you know, 102. So, or he, was one, 10, 10,
3: he was like 101.20, 101.30 right, or something. So. right. Wow. Uh any other like
1: major people like names that you would know? Obviously you pass Ritz because he dropped out. Any other people where you think, Wow, I can't believe I'm passing this person. I didn't even run
3: college. So everybody's everybody had, you know, name on front, number on back, and I couldn't recognize yeah. all of them, but starting in the third lap, I started catching some single digits nice. and that oh. felt really good. You know, anything like really from anything from, you know, single digits up till 2030, I was, you know, Your that self. gave me a big burst of energy when I saw those on the back coming towards me. That's cool. That is, that is really cool.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the support that was on the course? I mean, is this like a normal marathon? Is there somebody like handing out gels? Is there like a water station? Tell our listeners how that part works.
3: So there's one, water station set up in cut well there's two water stations both set up at the same point on figaro which was like the main part of the loop which was you did out and back on it so it was set mm. up at the same player um and there was probably 25 tables or so with with water bottles and then at the very end there were two neutral stations with water two neutral stations with power aid
2: when you say when you say the the water bottles these are the ones that you brought yourself,
3: well, most runners do that that 's the conventional uh-huh. wisdom uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this runner currently speaking did not do that because uh, I was so frustrated the first race I ever had an opportunity to have my own bottles was grandma 's marathon in June and I was so, like, mentally stressed out trying to get myself on the correct side of the road, trying to fight through a pack of runners to get to my table. Uh-huh. All the waters were, like, bunched up there trying to identify them. And then, you know, God forbid I missed one, which happened a couple of times. It would, like, stress me out for the next mile and just throw me off my game. And I hated I just hated the whole experience. So this uh-huh. time come in, I thought... I'm not doing it. I'm just grabbing the neutral bottles. Okay. Um, so actually when everybody was fighting, uh, the men's tables are on the left side of the road. The women's tables are on the right side of the road. Right. And there were neutral stations at the end of both. So the whole men's pack was fighting on the left side of the road. I would just go over to the right side of the road, run along the women's by myself and grab bottles off the end.
2: Nice. All right.
1: You end up in, in 24th place and you finish the race. And
3: uh, who was the first person that, that you saw afterwards? Uh, my mom and my dad and my sister were waiting for me just outside of the athlete area. Okay. And everybody was
1: super excited. They were pretty jazzed. Now your wife was watching on TV, but probably couldn't see where he was. Tell us about your race
4: experience. Um, so we watched the entire show, um, or the entire coverage, um, on TV on NBC and we actually saw Kieran when he crossed the starting line. He kind of like gave a point to the camera and like nice. a wave. So I was like Ow, oh, nice. there he is. So it's on cool. there. Um and then um and then I saw him another time. I'm just kind of behind I'm it was a shot that was focused, obviously, on Meb, but Kieran, with his massive beard, was somewhere in the back, and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we were able to make him out um, for a couple of seconds during that shot. Um, and then, f- pretty much for the entire race, um, I was getting um, information from his sister, Maren, yeah. who was at the uh, who was at the race watching. Because the live
1: tracking wasn't great, actually. Yeah, it
4: was not, and f- at one point, it had stopped at. Um, at the at the half portion of it
2: did you think that maybe he stopped at the half
4: <laughs> I didn't because Marin was giving <laughs> so me
1: fortunately that, that yeah. is
4: that is good um, so she was sending us pictures um, of him running and sending us updates and on how he looked
2: were you home yet or were you still in the hospital yeah
4: we were home Um so we got home on Friday afternoon. So okay. yeah, we were home and um, actually two of my best girlfriends from college came um, and spent the weekend with us um, while here when was in LA. So we had a a marathon, girl's weekend, a girl's weekend, yeah. Yeah. marathon watching <laughs> with the newest girl. Yeah. Yeah. The newest girl.
1: Exactly. What did Jerry have to, have to say to you? Best piece of advice he gave you before, after, or I mean, he must've been thrilled, right?
3: Yeah, he was real excited. And you know, we, Kind of our conversations in the, you know, the days leading up to the race were just not to worry about time Mm -hmm. or anything, you know, just kind of go out and run your own race and, and compete. And so that was kind of the game plan going in. And and I think he was happy with how it turned out.
2: When you finished, they actually, I noticed that they were actually handing out, um, finishing medals like they would with a, a normal marathon. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, uh,
3: we got a we got our participation ribbons. Yeah. <laughs> and and what does it look like? Um it's got uh I don't know, it says like the US Olympic trials <laughs> and it's got some engraving on there. I don't even remember what it is. Probably not the Staples Center, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a few quick hitting questions here. Uh did you keep your your number?
1: Are you going to frame that with this medal? I think I will. Okay. Um what did you eat
3: the night before the uh the race? I had, uh, like, fettuccine with shrimp. Okay. Fettuccine
1: with shrimp. That's an upset. Yeah. I wouldn't
3: have guessed that. Okay.
1: Um, who's the most exciting or interesting person that you um, met because of the whole experience?
3: Um, there was a guy. I met a guy for, who works for... Uh, well, I know you know I met Kathy Dolby. There you go. That's a great <laughs> and she's answer. Very, she, yeah, she was great. Yeah. that was my first time meeting that's her.
1: Great. Uh, and and I got a question about. Uh, yeah, well, I'll ask that now. Then uh, I guess you probably would not have gone to the after party had uh, you had the baby still not been born. And that's where you hung out with Kathy. And and how was the after party? One to ten, rate that after party. Ten. ten
2: it was a ten out yeah, of ten. It was great. It was, um, finally. It looks like the wife did not know that yeah. uh, he was at a party. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I right. think you just let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. Be careful with these rapid fire questions. We
1: really need the uh, in studio yeah. camera to show her expression. <laughs> um, uh, what is the story going to be? I mean, it's a great story of your daughter being born. How are you going to tell that story? And please tell me you've got something that you can embellish or or talk about years down the road when she asks. You know what's the story of me being
3: born? Uh you know I'm gonna be like, "Well, Kiva, I made the Olympic trials," and she to be like, "Shut up, Dad! No one cares. Stop living in the past." <laughs> I imagine. You know, as at least in her teenage years, that will be the experience.
1: Yeah, that is probably very,
3: very true. Um, <laughs> you old and slow. No one cares about what you did. 30 years ago (laughs) Um,
1: good answer Uh, are you going to quit your day job
3: I am not going to quit my day job what is your day job I route school buses in Saudi Arabia uh, is he serious? He really? is serious? Okay. I am very serious. So, a uh, slightly longer answer yeah. is that I work for a technology company, Tyler Technologies. It is the largest company in the United States that makes exclusively public sector software. My, tar- my department makes pu- or makes school bus routing software. Uh, I have a background in Middle Eastern studies. They sold a bunch of software to a Saudi Arabian contractor, bus okay. contractor, school bus contractor, and I help manage that project. All right, okay.
1: Rounding school bus in Saudi Arabia, I thought was so mm-hmm. random. Which had to be,
2: yeah. Which one sarcastic. of us guessed that before the show? <laughs> none, none, none of us. Um,
3: uh, I had school buses in Kuwait. Yeah,
2: exactly. I was so close. Uh,
1: and finally, how was the the New Balance gear?
3: New Balance gear was phenomenal. I also got that the uh, the in that one hour mad rush to pack everything up before. I left, and uh, it was great.
1: Yeah, I know Kevin McHale, our rep, dropped off some stuff for you, so I'm really glad he's able to get that to you. Yeah,
3: the uh, the jerseys did face the heavy hand of censorship <laughs> know, from the USATF, <laughs> but other than that, everything was good. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you can see that picture on Run Washington. He's on the cover of Run Washington. So what's, what's next? You uh, complete the Olympic trials. Uh, you do uh, it in a really uh, great time, great place. First local finisher. um, You know, you're young enough, you can go for the next one, but kind of short term, what are the long term goals? Uh,
3: Short term, uh, I'm going to try to raise a child. Uh, (laughs) Just, you know, one rep of raising child at 100% effort. (laughs) Um, I don't think I'm going to do, I probably won't race anything too hard this uh, spring or summer. Maybe Uh, clubs in the fall, clubs cross country in the fall is a big one. I Mm -hmm. think it's going to, be a last hurrah for a lot of, uh, the really good guys on the team. So I think, you know, we all want a, a lot of them want to get out there and give a good showing. I haven't been there in the past two years. So I think that's a really great team team goal. And, you know, we are, we're a team. We train together, but there most races are individual. That's kind of the one time a year that we really get to go out there and, and, you know, put our team against the best teams in the country. So I'm really looking forward to, to clubs this winter, if that comes together. um, longer term i would like to run a faster marathon uh i do think that i really was realistically in 214 shape this time so even though you know my pr is not anywhere close to that i I, you know i do want to run a fast one and i can hopefully aim for even faster next time if i feel like that was the shape i was in so you know keep improving yeah um i I
1: also did want to ask you about uh uh, the snow, snowzilla, yeah.
2: snowmageddon, uh, the, what, Bl- uh, blizzard of Ot fifteen, Bliz- yeah, yeah. Ot sixteen. I feel yeah. like we talk about that uh, every show. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I heard. Speaking, speak, I'm glad that uh, Kiva doesn't tell us to quit living in the past. Yeah, I know. <laughs> seriously, I, know. Uh, I heard that you were underneath the Whitehurst
1: Freeway on Saturday of that snowstorm. Uh, tell us
3: about that run. It was terrible. <laughs> 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 I, so I went to I went to the gym earlier in the day and tried to run on the treadmill i -hmm. hate the treadmill i got five miles and i thought there's absolutely no way i can do a a long run on this treadmill so i called it five miles rested up and then at night it took me i live about i don't know two and a half miles from where the whitehurst is and it took me a long time to get down there Mm -hmm. with the condition the roads were in and the sidewalks did did you
2: did you hike it or did you try
3: to run it I tried to run it. Uh-huh. Uh it was faster than walking, but yeah, it was not, not particularly fast. Yeah. And then once I got down there, uh it, I measured it out to be about uh point six five, a little bit over a K and I just just back ran forth. back and forth. And there's a cop whose, you know, job it is to kinda of sit down at the shady end yeah. uh at night in his car. And he must have thought I was nuts. And uh, in his defense, I probably... Yes, he was right. I probably was
1: right about that. How many miles did you run? So you had run five, and then you added on how many more?
3: Uh, 19 and a half under the Whitehurst. Wow, that's...
2: Farley, he did his shift. I know you're you you're trying I, to get everybody talked about doing a
1: continuous relay. Had I known you were going to do 20 miles of it, I was going to do it from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah, you I would could have have helped been, you out. You would have helped us out big time. I, I
2: went at at 9 a.m. So mm-hmm. Farley did 9 a.m. to 9:15.
1: Yeah, 9:30 <laughs> or so. Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, uh, point two uh 2.4 miles not 24 miles but yeah. uh
2: anyway in in it, my defense i did zero yeah, of that yeah, so yeah, who true. am i to throw stones but it was
1: it was a good good spot to run that day as the whitehurst always is so zyra before we close here any advice to you know runners out there who have crazy husbands who are training for the olympic trials or maybe it's a, a wife who's mm-hmm. got a, or her husband who's got a crazy wife who's training for the Olympic trials. Spouses, just, just advice for spouses and crazy yeah. runners. Yeah. 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 You've got good experience with that. Give us your insight. <laughs>
4: um, I think the key is probably just um, very good communication, mm-hmm. particularly if you both have busy schedules Um, then knowing where and when, you know, Clearly the training is very important um, and time-consuming and time-consuming right. so um communication about when the per- the person is you know your spouse who's do who's training um is planning on doing their run that day for how long um things like that so that things are all out uh, on the table and you're not trying to like Guess or trying to plan something when they were also planning their run um so really just the communication. Shocking.
1: And- I'm I'm not good at that. <laughs> I think that's really good advice though. I am not good at that.
4: And the scheduling. And um, providing healthy snacks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> another no, thing another. he's not good um, at. That's- that's- <laughs> that's- oh for 2. Um, uh, yeah. That's really good good
1: advice. Um, yeah. Um, so you're cool with him training. I mean, obviously you've got a lot of more commitments than he did before. But you're cool with him continuing to train and taking a look at 2020 and – the Olympic Marathon trials then?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's on fire right now. So um, if he can continue to do this, I'm his Kiva and I are his number one supporter. That's awesome.
3: awesome. That is awesome. And uh, I do actually have a jogging stroller, but Uh-oh. Zyra is wanting to get Kiva a helmet before we take <laughs> that out. She is definitely <laughs> worried about brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> all right
1: well we can uh we can help you out with that we got some contacts or jogging strollers or where well, you already got that but helmets or but uh we look forward to seeing you out there on the trails without her with her in the stroller uh maybe even get your wife out there um any, any <laughs> again we need the camera, the camera yeah. yeah i know yeah great 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 reaction all right it's the o'connors it's karen it's zyra and it's kiva here in studio guys thank you so much for joining us thanks for having us this has been awesome all right we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on pace the nation welcome back to the program great interview there from the o'connor's Thanks again to Karen, Zyra, and Kiva for joining us in studio.
2: Oh, uh, we forgot to ask Kiva questions. I, I feel bad <laughs> now.
1: We didn't hear much from her, but she was in studio and uh, very uh, very respectful, mm-hmm. you know, a great guest. She can I, come over anytime. I
2: would say, well, as an audience member, mm-hmm. um, if you consider her an audience member, uh, definitely exemplary. Yeah, Exactly exemplary i feel like i feel like far <laughs> right now it rubs off on you i know am sorry
1: <laughs> exemplary mm-hmm. yeah i agree uh so it was uh it, it, it i was impressed with zyra who was you know just kind of just fine with the whole deal
2: she just the running very, yeah the running the she's amazing I'm more, I mean I'm more impressed with with her yeah. than his 24th place finish <laughs> at the, at the I, end of I the agree. she was taking it all in stride We we um need to have her back and yeah. do a whole segment on uh what it's like running with a cra or living with a crazy runner Yes I know she had some good advice there mm-hmm. uh but
1: really just there was no question whether he was going to run or not and you know just you know what
2: in in labor say trying to plan his his ride to the airport airport.
1: yeah that's awesome good thing joanna got the super shuttle with him um but you know her being a a a doctor she's a pediatrician Uh she probably doesn't you know think of these as that big of a deal as just another baby yeah just another baby yeah maybe i i don't i don't know i don't i don't really but uh yeah, that was uh that was that was a really cool interview. Uh first time the show's had a whole family
2: in studio so that, I disagree I mean, with you. My whole family comes every week. <laughs> Do they really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have, we, have, we need to interview them next time they're in. It's just me, dude. No, that's right. It's just the, just <laughs> just
1: docs, just the docs family.
2: Cue the sad music. <laughs> All right, this
1: podcast of course is sponsored by Pacers Running, Pacers Running with Five area DC locations. Pacers running is for every run. Um, on the heels of that, I actually want to make a quick announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our uh, previous guests of the show is pregnant.
2: All right. Yeah. I'm not gonna guess which one. Yeah. So Joanna, guess which one.
0: Cause you, do you already know? Yeah. I well, I have no idea.
2: Yeah, I know. That's why you have to guess um we've only had two girls on because this is a very machoistic uh show
0: i feel like this is not how i'd find out julie is pregnant right
2: yeah julie's pregnant what yes
0: this is how i'm finding (laughs) out on the podcast
2: yeah (laughs) whatever (laughs) you thought we were friends yeah no you're finding out before the podcast people find out yeah
0: that's that doesn't make me feel better
2: how would you like to be find out
0: not on air
2: i know What's not on air? I can't take it back. Uh, sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, you know, I just,
1: I just figured, you know, this is a good moment to, to say it because uh, I was really taking uh, Zara's advice to heart because I'm thinking, wow, that's going to be uh, me in a few uh, months here. How many months? August twenty first is the due date. So I, wanted I don't know you how to do months. the math. I don't know how many <laughs> months that is. I did tell Docs Joanna. Uh, um, Dox is one of the first people,
0: yeah, because Dox is your real friend. <laughs> no,
2: actually, uh, your
1: real friend, too.
2: Actually, I found out Julie told me, yeah, she did. and then uh, Farley was there, and, and he was like, I thought we weren't supposed to tell people uh, early so he on, was, he don't was know behaving how it works. very well, yeah. I don't know how it works, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. You're usually, I mean, some people don't say anything for the first trimester,
2: yeah.
1: I think we're just done with the first trimester, so Anyways. I mean, you guys
0: did get a dog, so it's like
2: the next yeah, logical
0: step,
1: exactly. Yeah, I feel like the dog's doing more, more work than the kid. <laughs> Love that dog, but... Uh, Guess
2: how much they charge for baby baths. Yeah. <laughs> no.
1: uh, I don't even want to know. No new dog stories this week, though.
2: Uh-huh. Well, um, on air, I will also congratulate you and Julie. Oh, thank you. Um, we're looking yeah. forward to... Um, well, what's the baby's name?
1: Um, are you supposed to throw that out on air, baby (laughs) Pacers? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Did you already name it? Um, I was just think. I think she has some ideas, but um, I have no idea. I was. I was just trying to do. But I I don't think that you throw those out because Mm -mm. everybody has an opinion on it. Well, but I also people will steal them. Well, but
0: I had a friend who they named their daughter Mm -hmm. as soon as they found out what the sex of the baby was, Mm -hmm. and then for months and months we knew that baby Caroline was on her way.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So some people do name the kid.
1: All right. Well, I don't know what I should say or shouldn't say, so mm-hmm. I'll just... Uh, err on the side of caution. Yeah, say nothing. Yeah, I'll say nothing. So anyway, so that's big news for me.
2: Hey, how come that wasn't in the in the news nah, segment? Nah, it could have been. I don't know. I just felt like... You guys just, just
1: don't follow the format. I know. I felt like we just finished with, with Kieran and the, the baby and all that stuff, so I felt like it was really mm-hmm. right there. there. Uh, you could tweet us at uh, Pace the Nation. And every week, Joanna goes through, reads the best tweets. She filters the best tweets out and reads them on the show like she does right now.
2: Well, can I make a request okay. uh, in the Twitter section? um, Please send us tweets, but please, uh, no more tweets about Farley's asterisk. Um, I'm the only person who's allowed to give him a hard time about that going forward. <laughs> right. Thank, but you. Thank you. You're defending me. In, Thank the, you. in the spirit of, like Farley was saying, encouraging... Uh, each other to run um farley is is using this this marathon streak to encourage himself to continue to it's it's his goal to strive for so we should we should encourage him uh to continue to run um and please let me be the only one who gives him a hard time all right i i i appreciate that docs that's uh one of the nicer things you've said on the show for Mm -hmm. to me and if anybody gives him, if you a hard time now, it's not my fault. <laughs>
1: all right, so back to the tweets, Joanna.
0: Well, now that we're not talking about the asterisk, I mean, I don't know that I have any tweets to discuss. <laughs> all
2: your, your material. Did I come just, <laughs> I just kill your segment?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's basically what we had.
2: Uh, sorry about Didn't that. Didn't your
1: dad send something in? Give us something. Come yeah, on.
0: about Shake Shack. Whatever. He saw Shake Shack <laughs> in New York. Big deal. Who cares? Um there was also, you know, there were some viewing parties for the trials yeah, um, cuz like not everyone could go like I did. Mm-hmm. Um but good Ireland time. yeah, Ireland Four Courts uh hosted a a trials viewing. So Chris Webb thanked uh Ireland Four Courts for hosting.
2: I was there. How yeah. was it? It was good. It was it was packed. Um I sat with Chris Webb. I sat with loyal listener who we named David. Farley yeah. calls him Jack. Yeah, yeah. David. <laughs> also former guest uh Carrie, uh, Gall- Carrie Gallagher okay. was was sitting next to me. Nice. Um and I I spoke with her and she said, "How's the podcast going?" And I said, "Oh, it's going going pretty good. We're we're going national soon." Yeah. And and then she's like, "Oh, good." And I was like, "Yeah, and if that goes well, we'll go international." <laughs> and and she's like, "Okay, good." And I was like, "All right, well, don't really know how to talk about the podcast. <laughs> right.
0: Um, so we also had a, a good point from Stephen Lyko who said, William E. Dox, Galen Rupp may have won his debut marathon, but he still hasn't beaten you in one.
2: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I know. What a chump.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, neither is our, our, our guest. Uh, yeah, Kieran hasn't either. Kieran hasn't either, yeah. So, Dox, you would have been... Way up there in that race.
0: Um, we also had some feedback of people who are going to attend the viewing of Run Free that we went to last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually thought it was a good movie.
1: I did too. I, yeah, I
0: feel like I learned a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to say his name.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Caballo. Caballo.
2: I was saying all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Blanco. Blanco. Yeah. Anyways. What was it? What did you? What did you guys think? What was your favorite part of the movie?
0: Um, I think my favorite part of the movie might also be your favorite part of the movie. Okay. Um, when Micah True talks about how he has office hours where he just spends two <laughs> hours deleting emails from barefoot runners.
1: That was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I liked um, the part where they described his, him as a boxer, and I didn't, I didn't actually r- realize that. And I liked the part where they asked him about it, and he declined comment. I thought that was a little awkward <laughs> and weird, and I like awkward and weird, so that was good. Mm,
2: why do you think we're friends? <laughs> i I just felt like it was really hard to relate to him because mm-hmm. uh, he's a loner who's difficult to get along with, <laughs> and uh, you know <laughs> it was like, just difficult, you know I was like, right. hey, was, who is this guy? You know what I mean? He's basically docs, yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, So there was also some feedback from Mike Katz and he said, dogs driving cars, funny in theory, frightening in practice, likely better than the DMV
2: drivers though. Told you Mike Katz doesn't like dogs driving cars. (laughs) (laughs) You're right.
0: Um, We also had a tweet that was to me from um, Leanna who asked if uh, I got her letter. She sent it to Navy Yard. Um, and I have a confession to make. I did announce on air the address and then um, I have forgotten to check the mailbox. Oh,
2: yeah. oh no! Even you didn't even check it today. Are well, you I, were, today? Yeah,
0: I wasn't at work today because it's like down the block yeah, and,
2: and nobody mm-hmm.
1: sends mail anyway these
2: days. Yeah. These but
1: now, now that
0: sasses. I know I'm going to be getting mail, I will definitely check every single day. So now it's people probably overflowed with
1: mail. right I know. Now. Yeah.
0: They better send me mail. Um. Oh, Midpack Biopad also brought up another interesting scientific theory. He mm-hmm. said, definitely got a 5% blog bump at midpackgear.com from the shout out. Thanks, Run Pacer. No
1: problem. Do you think that he has a tracker that he can see? Yeah. The traffic? I'm sure he does. I believe it It probably is scientific.
0: And you could also do like Google statistics too. Okay. And see, or so, analytics, I mean. yeah,
1: that's, that's cool. 5% blog bump.
0: I didn't know that we were giving blog bumps, so yeah. this is great.
1: Send us your blogs then.
0: Um, we also have a new listener that we should mention, which is Chris Hollis. Yes. From Mizuno. Yes. Um, and he tweeted in to say, listening to episode 41 and had a thought, you should crowdsource a 2017 Super Bowl commercial, puppies plus unicorns equals magic.
1: I love that idea, Chris. And
2: there, uh, is has- Chris from Boston?
1: No, Chris uh, lives in
2: Atlanta now. Okay. But he yeah. could be from Boston. I he don't could know. be. I'm, I'm just remember. curious. Is, is, is <gasps> the no, he's from Portland, I Portland. think. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. I'm just wondering if the puppies and unicorns, because I agree. We should do. Yes. We should definitely do a Super Bowl commercial. And glitter. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if that's a reference to the Tom Brady reaction. Oh, that's right. Was that puppies and unicorns? Um, we don't want to be derivative. That's the thing. Right. So yeah. as long as it's not derivative – uh, we definitely will crowdsource it. I don't know what
1: derivative means, but it's not. <laughs> uh, no, Chris, that's a great, great idea. And welcome to the program. Um, I-, I can't wait to, for our 2017 Super Bowl ad. We just need mm-hmm.
2: $5 million. Do you think we can get there between now and then? <laughs> well, I we think... can start
0: crowdsourcing now.
2: Yeah. Well, isn't it... Oh, crowdsource. I was thinking it would be like the Doritos commercial where somebody makes us a commercial for us and then we'll no. put it on. Um, but... I say we just do it like this. I mean, we like we mentioned earlier, we're running a podcast tab. So just go ahead and 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 make that commercial <laughs> put that and put car. it on. on yeah. Just put it on the tab. Okay. That's true. <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm sure I'm sure those will get paid out
1: eventually. You mentioned we were going international. So let's just go international and get Uh funds from all our international people, Mm -hmm. national and international.
0: Um, So we also had Brian Knight tweet in to say, with no TV, I'm catching up on podcasts. Laughed a little too hard at Jotorious DC's Year of the Monkey dad joke that opened Pace Nation. Thank you, Brian. I thought Mm -hmm. that was a great joke. And I feel like neither of you guys appreciated it.
2: Oh, we liked it. And and I appreciate the fact that he called it for what it is. It's a dad joke. (laughs) Dad joke. Mm Yeah.
0: (laughs) Alright, fine um, Michael P. Miller also tweeted in to say Catching up on Pace Nation as I run Austin And slightly freaked out at all of their Austin references
2: Don't know what that meant Well, he snapped a shot of episode 32 So we were talking about Austin in episode 32 And now he's in Austin listening to episode 32
1: Got it It was the Beer Mile episode When we had Lewis Kent on when we were in Austin Got it how many of us were in Austin? <laughs> all right, I was in Austin. Fair <laughs> enough. Next year, we will all be there. let put it on the tab.
0: <laughs> so Carter had good questions this week. The first one was, if the show broadcasts from downtown Clarendon Studio 1A, what broadcasts from Studio 1B?
2: I think that's where the Beatles recorded when they recorded yeah. in America. Uh, probably there's like a Led Zeppelin album or two from Studio 1B. You know, Dave uh, Matthews
1: is in town. Yeah, soon he's going to record out of there. I think they'll do one there. Yeah. yeah. So just, just you know, some some folks like that. Yeah,
2: of the like.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, good company. Yeah, decent.
0: Um, and then his other question was, did Pace the Nation send a correspondent to the Westminster dog show The Nation Wants to Know?
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs>
0: yeah, because a German Shorthaired pointer won. I was going to bring this up in the opening and then Carter spoiled it. Mm-hmm. So well,
1: CJ, the German shorthair pointer, you know, not all German shorthairs are with that chocolate face mm-hmm. and then white and brown spotted like London and CJ. They are like. Very similar looking. So that mm-hmm. was really exciting Exciting in the Farley household.
0: Are they related in any way?
1: Um, probably distant blood relatives, mm-hmm. except the old, one thing that they're not related is that uh, my dog eats everything and is a disaster. And CJ is... Uh, well-behaved? Well-behaved. Well,
0: well-behaved on camera. I mean, have you ever had... London, London is on-
1: actually... Good point. London is very well-behaved when we go to classes and... In front of people. so
0: Steve, And I feel like that's like most celebrities, right? They're maybe a little put together on screen and then off screen they're a little... Yeah. You
2: need to close down London's Instagram account right now. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the limelight is not good for the dog. <laughs> Actually, you're right. You know how celebrities, you know, they'll throw parties
1: and their houses look like trashed afterwards. But Usually it's hotel together, suites. Hotel suites. Yeah. That's like my house. She looks all put together in front of everybody, but our house is... Trash like a hotel suite.
0: How does London feel about the incoming human in your household?
1: Ooh. Yeah, we, we haven't talked to her about that yet.
0: Is she acting different?
1: Uh she actually I think is. I think she can sense something coming. hmm It's
0: gonna change her world. Yeah,
1: it is. <laughs> there goes that Instagram account.
0: Um will baby Farley have its own Instagram account?
1: Ah, uh, that's a good question. Baby pacers. That's a good baby question. Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um possibly possibly oh yeah, boy we're, we're thinking we're thinking about that oh I know, boy this I know. is just so many instagrams I, mean, I, I know that's a polarizing question but i for, for especially from you i know but <laughs> here's here's the deal here's uh-huh. the deal where i i've got a stand on this uh-huh um docs you and i have talked about this in the past okay i i know that you know people use their Personal accounts to put baby picture after baby picture after baby picture after baby picture, after baby picture. and that's mm-hmm. fine because that's what they do. On one more world. baby picture, or is and that they, it? No, no, they do uh, on and on and oh, okay. on infinity, infinity. Mm. I a lot of pictures want to continue my own run pacer personality on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram, mm-hmm. but then maybe have a new, you know, personality or person or a uh, set of pictures or tweets or whatever. Not not tweets. You don't want to have that. The kid mm-hmm. doesn't need a Twitter account. Right. But not a, yet a new Instagram page for that stuff. So if you want that content, follow both Run Pacer and new
2: Baby Pacer. What if they don't want the Run Pacer content? They just follow Baby, just Pacer. The Baby Pacer. But yeah. is, this,
0: is this why you didn't tell me about Baby Farley? Because I have a lot of pictures of Luigi in my Instagram account. Is this why we're not yeah. really friends? Yeah.
1: Well, I, you're you're fine. You're fine with that. Again, it's the. I can tell you when somebody crosses the line. Mm-hmm. I can't really. He articulate. usually does tell me. Actually, I can't. <laughs> That's true. I, can, I can't really articulate or define it, like exactly. But I can tell when I see too many of those pictures, or when I know what mm-hmm. direction an Instagram account's going.
2: You you can't put it in words, but, right. but you definitely but know you it know. when you see it.
1: Well, you know it when you see it, mm-hmm. exactly. You know it when you mm-hmm. see it, and you're fine. You haven't crossed the line. Okay. But <laughs> I think you have to have your own Jotorius DC personality and your Luigi personality.
0: But they're kind of the same.
1: Sure. those the, They cross, and there'll be a lot of a good intersection of Luigi and jo- Jotorius <laughs> DC. But I just don't think it should be all Luigi on Geotorius DC. That's, That's fair. My and it's
0: not all Luigi. And I
1: think a lot of people do that. They do Baby Farley or Baby Pacers, whatever we're calling him or her. Baby Pacers. Baby Pacers on my Run Pacer account. So the people who enjoyed my Run Pacer content are like, well, what happened to my good solid run pacer content
2: i love the world you live in yeah i, I mean I, you guys don't I, think feel those, I think
0: those two people will get over it no i think there's a
1: number of people who agree with me just don't want to uh-huh. mention it because there's <laughs> things they don't want i'm telling you here's things that people don't want to do uh-huh. they don't want to offend your dog or they don't want to offend your baby well, those let are me, two things let that
0: me people ask you. i think the pictures that get the most likes on my instagram are actually luigi people don't care about my life
2: well, Father, let me ask you a question. I would argue that those people are just
1: trying to be nice. But go ahead. Ask me the question.
2: But what about what about your friends that, that end up don't following your uh, dog account? That's fine. Don't follow your baby account. That's, fi- that's exactly isn't what it's that for. Not, isn't that not like. Uh, I don't want to shove
1: down content of my baby or dog.
2: Understood. Down their throat. Understood. But what I'm asking is, then do you get offended when you're like, how come William Dox does not follow. No. I don't. Yeah. I don't get offended. Yeah, he's
0: saying that if they don't want to know about the dog or the baby, yeah. they don't have to.
2: They don't. I have know have that's to. what he's saying, but he's saying no. That, I, I feel that way too. But you, you say like you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to say something to offend them. Isn't like isn't the not the non-follow also like, offensive?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what. I'm more secure than that. I don't, I, you know. <laughs> if if you're insecure and you're worried about who's following you uh-huh. or liking your pictures, you know, mm-hmm. you got a bigger set of problems. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I'm just telling you. I don't like to muddy the waters of the content
2: on the therapist couch with Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, all right. I I hope I didn't offend too many people.
2: I think at this point everybody is is comfortable uh, that uh, not to be offended by yeah. anything you say. I right.
1: I agree. I, we will agree on that. If
2: if this is your first show that you've listened to, uh, O'Connor's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> please go back and listen to the first 41 episodes and then you'll get what we're talking about. And again, about.
1: I'm not trying to offend if, – if Kieran and, and, and Zyra are going to tweet and – well my guess, my guess is other kid. I mean I'm not gonna I'm not trying to be offend this is just yeah. my own personal feeling. Like, That's yeah, not what I meant. I meant yeah. this is probably right. the first episode they've listened to.
2: Right. Oh, I agree. That's what I meant.
1: But now I feel like I'm offending them. I know mm. what you're saying, but I'm offending them because they probably have ten Instagram pictures of them and their baby <laughs> no. now. That's fine. It's fine. That's I, I'm not trying to offend. huh.
2: All right, I've said too much. Go ahead. <laughs> Are we done with the tweets?
0: We're done with the tweets.
1: Okay.
2: Should we announce the happy hour again?
0: Yeah, we should announce the happy hour again. Mm-hmm. So the happy hour is February 25th at 7 p.m. at Giobellina on 14th Street in Washington, D.C.
2: And if you want to run first. Yeah, you've got the
1: option to run at 7 o'clock from the, the, 14th, the Street 14th Street store. And yeah. those are usually pretty big runs. So why didn't everybody who does that run come on over to uh, see us
2: afterwards at the Pace Nation happy hour? Do they do workouts on Thursdays at the 14th Street? They do. So that'll be a workout as well? Mhm. Mm. Maybe I won't do it then. How old is your running, Docs? Ran 3 days in a row this nice. week. Okay. It's a new PR for 2016. Nice. So I'll take it.
1: All right, that's good. Right. Well, we are still targeting the Marine Corps Marathon for Docs, so mm-hmm. you're going to have to keep us updated weekly. All right, this week in the news, all the news that's important to the hosts that's running related. Uh, I think those are all the qualifiers. Uh, Well, I
2: think you said it wrong. I think it's, it's all of the news that we're talking about is important, but it's not all of the news that's important to us. True. Very, very true. All right, well
1: said. All right, we talked a lot about the Olympic trials today, obviously, with Kieran O'Connor, and he was the top finisher from the area. He was 24th. I think that is newsworthy. Also, on the women's side, our top D.C. area finisher was Megan Kriftian,
2: and she finished 14th. She also was the only person in the entire race to PR. Wow. uh, That is impressive. Yeah. Uh,
1: She's one of those... uh, Members who trains with that Mizuno team over there in Silver Spring. All right, so from the faster finishers to a story from FlowTrack. Uh, it's called uh, World's Fastest Stoner, Chris Barnacle.
0: The Barnacle clings on. That was my um, headline.
1: Talks after his trials, uh, dead last finish. Did you interview him?
0: I didn't interview him, but he did not take this race very seriously. He's wearing a cotton t-shirt, like long
1: shorts. It had a pocket. The cotton t-shirt with a pocket. Yep. Um, yeah, he, he uh, ran 345.34. Mm-hmm. That's slower than um, any time since at least 2000, men, men or women. He's a self-proclaimed world's fastest stoner. So he did qualify in 2013 and, and in the half marathon. But, uh, yeah, didn't take it seriously.
2: Immediately gave up on his training <laughs> yeah. after he did that and smoked pot. Yeah. Uh, and still used his entry into the US Championships. And, and you can read you didn't can, come in last place. You can, you can
1: read the story on uh flow Track, but he was the last finisher but didn't come in last place. Why? Cuz he finished.
2: Yeah, because there people that didn't finish. That's yeah,
1: true. Um but it's a it's an interesting story. He is a very good runner obviously, but uh I think he uses uh, marijuana for medicinal reasons. Mm-hmm. Actually,
0: I meant to say that when I went, when I left the media room to go watch the race when it was starting, I passed by this one area of spectators that did smell heavily of marijuana. And in mm-hmm. my head, I was like, a marijuana marathon. That doesn't make sense, but mm-hmm. now it makes yeah. more sense. Maybe that was his cheering section. Well, he.
1: <laughs> He didn't. He didn't comment. A couple questions that uh, they asked. uh, He didn't comment on the whether he had uh, smoked pot the day before or the morning of. Did they drug test him at this thing? Well, that's what he was worried about. That he didn't Uh. want to be, uh, you know, drug tested. So Mm. uh, he uh, also. It was rumored that he actually submitted PBR to the fluid station, and uh, (laughs) that actually was not true. So, uh, anyways, he he did not take it as seriously as uh, our our friend Kieran. But uh, still, hey, good for him for completing the Olympic trials. That's more than I'll ever Joanna. Say. You
2: you were in the uh, the thick of it at the finish line. Mm-hmm. Did you get any uh, feeling that that people wanted to pull him from the race? Any any race officials might want to pull him off?
0: Um, he was definitely a spectator favorite. Um. Mm-hmm right from the start everyone was kind of like who is this guy because everyone else is wearing singlets and tiny Mm -hmm. little shorts and then there's like Chris Barnacle so everyone's kind of like who is this guy and he quickly became the crowd favorite where everyone was cheering for him and they really wanted him to finish so a lot of times like he would walk and it looked like maybe he was going to drop out and people would like encourage him to keep going and I do think that there was maybe some um feeling among the officials that they would have preferred if
1: if yeah if he, they he he mentioned that in his uh <laughs> in his interview with flow track that there was some um, officials who were suggesting that he might want to go to the uh to the area where they uh were were having people drop out mm-hmm. or um,
2: a tent for medical or they had plan a planned drop out area in the in the marathon they
0: did and in the technical meeting they told the runners that if they planned to drop out that they should do it in the planned dropout area by the start and finish. Yeah. because this was live television
2: well if it's live TV then you better plan to drop out at that station <laughs> well uh, another story from that Can you, I don't know we, we have listeners that have dropped out of a marathon before I'm sure or or drop sure. out of a race. Right. Like, if you go into the race, like, you're not going into the race saying, I'm going to definitely drop out at this point. And when I do, I'm going to go to that specific yeah. point. No, you drop out when you drop out. You drop out because <coughs> you have to, because right. your body is is, right. is 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 forcing you to drop out. And, and I don't think your body cares about uh, NBC's ratings.
0: <laughs> Live television. And they and, said that about 700 times in the technical meeting. Live television.
2: Well, some folks were not happy
1: with... Uh, The technical meeting, the fact that live television was a big part of it, uh, including Patrick Rizzo for another story here in the news. He was. Sounds
2: like it's the same story, but this is another story. No, this is a different story that we care about. He uh, he was a uh, Olympic trials
1: competitor in the previous two olympic trials uh, post-collegiate runner for over 10 years and he blogged on runner space and it also got picked up by flow track that this was the worst experience he's ever been to in any race at all so uh maybe it was they were catering towards the live tv and not the runners in his opinion uh, a number of issues he had, including the uh, the fluid declarations were closed before the qualifying window uh, was over. So that's a valid complaint. He couldn't, you know, put in his, his fluids. His PBR his his, his Powerade or mm-hmm. uh, you know Gatorade or uh, whatever he wanted to use, uh, you know, in time because uh, they closed off the the window of time. They told the B athletes to stay in a hotel that was $300 plus per nights uh, that had a three-night minimum, uh, and he also had a shuttle from that to the start that cost
2: them $15, so he was upset with... from The shuttle from the hotel to the start line cost $15? That's correct. Again, I agree that that's ridiculous. Yeah. They uh, also had an area by um, uh,
1: USC that... Uh, he said, for the record, the campus smelled like an unclean zoo. Uh, did you go over by USC?
0: Um, I did briefly. I can, I can agree with that. But it, there's a lot of construction happening over there.
2: Okay. Does construction cause that smell? Oh, my God. Farley, what does is, what is, uh, Clarendon <laughs> smell like, an unclean zoo? <laughs> <No. laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> I do have a point of reference for that. But, no, I, it does not smell like that. Uh, also, uh, the finish line was very unclear. Could you tell where the finish line was?
0: Um, I will actually say that was the first comment that the, everyone in the media room made and they're not, they're not even runners. But when we saw the start and finish, that's pretty much what everyone was saying. They're like, this is like, it's not very clear.
2: I think I remember seeing somebody on TV who finished early or, or, you know, they went over a mat and thought they were finished and they, they had to keep going. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that. That's yeah, my and contribution well, to that Well, no, just
0: how the how the columns of the finish line were placed um, and it just it was I I mean I get it. That's a valid point mm-hmm. as
1: well. Also and and there's a number of things and you can read it uh on runnerspacepjrizzo.runnerspace.com. He also said uh that the the, the finish area didn't have food. Uh they just had one bottle of water. Meanwhile, the VIP area where officials were uh, hanging out and had you know a catered lunch uh food drink, anything that your heart desired, but uh they didn't have any sort of of bananas bagels or anything that he called you know that he said would be at a normal regular local five k race
0: Weird, because this wasn't a normal five yeah, exactly. k race yeah i mean
2: that that's the thing it's like some of this stuff I think is valid some of the stuff he's saying i think is is he's whining. I think that when when you make complaints, you have to be very careful not to bury the real point. Yeah, and like some of this stuff, like about not being in the VIP tent, don't say that. Yeah. The bananas and all this kind of stuff. It's a championship race. It's it's right. not the New York City Marathon. Right. Uh You should bring your staff should bring uh, the yeah, the that stuff that you need. So I, I'm not with him on that one. I think that that uh, some of the other stuff that he said definitely rang a good point. I just reading this, I think that he might've been a little bit more careful not to muddle his point with, with some of these other things. You yeah. Know? And, and
1: he did say, you know, he, he, at the risk of sounding very whiny, um, mm-hmm. you know, he wanted to bring all that stuff up. So, uh, so, you know, mixed reviews, uh, from, from the, uh, from the marathon, I uh, heard some good stuff, obviously, er, earlier from Kieran and some not so good stuff, uh, from, uh, Patrick Rizzo
2: I thought that and we talked about this with Kieran but I thought it was it was uh, kind of strange especially going on the uh, not your normal 5k thing that they had a finisher's medal yeah I know that is the, that that one that, and I remember they gave it to Kara Goucher and, and like they wanted to like present it over, it, over it. it over her head and she just kind of grabbed it she's like thank you you know like without without wearing it around
1: she just missed the olympic yeah game. exactly she wasn't really interested in yeah it. the the, the, the consola- I finished yeah the
0: consolation prize yeah
1: well, your Olympians are um, Galen Rupp was first place. Uh, second place was Meb.
2: Uh, third place was Jared Ward. Now, are we sure that it was Meb who finished second, or <laughs> was it the guy who trains uh, and pretends he's Meb I, when he's training? I, I'm pretty sure it was Meb. It Meb, could have been either one of them. Well, Meb, They're I think. Both uh, really good.
1: Yeah, I think Meb is is most likely because he is – uh, a former uh, past Olympian And he's uh-huh. won the Boston Marathon So I'd probably say it was Meb uh, On the women's side it was an upset It was Amy Craig uh, Was the top uh, finisher Desi Linden
2: was second And third was uh, Shalane Flanagan Little little nugget mm-hmm. um, Amy Craig And Des were college Teammates Really? They were yeah. Yeah. I, I They I roomed them. together mm-hmm. oh, No kidding okay. Yeah and they did not win a national title uh, at Arizona State, which begs the question, what was that coach doing <laughs>
1: that 's a good question. I did have some news from Boston, but not nearly as exciting as all this, so maybe we'll uh save that for next week. I talked to sat down with Jenny Simpson, former world champion
0: was she looking for her shoe?
1: <laughs> yeah, I asked her if uh you know I showed her the the podcasting studio and uh i asked her if that was a shoe she wore at that world championship she said now we got about 50 of those made so uh it wasn't that specific now shoe. does that does that, is that, mean that it's, type of shoe
2: does that mean that's not the shoe or does that mean there's a one in 50 <laughs> no, chance that's no, the shoe no.
1: she said she still has the shoes mm. that she won the world championships with Well, oh. throw that out then yeah Doc. exactly yeah.
2: way to burst that bubble Well, we we talked
1: to her, and uh, I I asked her a couple questions. Maybe we'll play that next week. All right, we are underway. Serious demolition happening over in Clarendon. We are scheduled uh, to be finished April 1st, and uh, there's a lot happening. I can't really describe exactly what's happening because it's just a lot of, like, trash and tiles and walls mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. being uh, taken out of there and put in the dumpster. You're a true professional reporter. Yeah. Well, I will say that the gate analysis room is being erected right now. So that's uh, that's big news. We're going to have a, a separate gate analysis room, uh, which uh, will be kind of like a science lab where you can go in and... Watch your, you know, look at yourself run on the treadmill, and so that'll be pretty cool. So that's being erected.
2: Is that where all the scientists that uh, work for the program are going to be working?
1: Yes, that is exactly okay. where we're working, yeah. So it's good that we broadcast right close by there, so yeah, we can talk to them whenever we need to. Uh, also, finally, Arlington Now picked up uh, the story about Clarendon being under construction. So that's big news in Clarendon construction. Mm-hmm. Arlington Now is a big-time website.
2: I did see uh, tweets as well. So if you if you if the picture that Farley painted wasn't clear yeah. for you, yeah, uh, I know you can go to the Pacers Twitter account and yep. and see pictures of the construction and, and on the blog on the website. That's
1: a good call, Doc. Okay, so, so yeah, runpacers or at runpacers on Twitter. See more details. If I didn't do it, uh, a good job of painting the accurate picture.
2: I'm sure they got it. I'm sure they got it. So that's clear the construction. all right good show
1: we do have some more stories from boston and la we'll get to those next week hopefully people will still care because joanna's got some you know she was doing some intrepid reporting there i sat down with jenny simpson and saw a pretty cool track meet last week too so we'll get to that next week on the program thanks today to the o'connor family joining us it was Kieran, Zara, and Kiva in studio. Um, great guests, especially Kiva. Also want to thank Jenny Simpson for contributing. Hopefully she's a new listener. She contributed to our show today and
2: hopefully be hearing from her next week. And we promise uh, we're going to get to your segment next show. Yes. Because uh, we don't want this to be a one-and-done Jenny Simpson No, no question. <laughs> effort, No question. So we'll see everybody at the happy hour uh
1: next week, and for Joanna E. Russo and William E. Docks, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation.